Welcome to the Break New Ground podcast. My name is Luis Prado, aka B-Boyl Prod. And today we got a very special guest with us coming right out of the East Coast. Was here this weekend for Culture 4, but now he's here in the podcast. We got Brian Pistols, straight out of Boston. How's it going, man? Going good, old Prado. Happy to be here in San Diego, man. How are you liking it out here so far? I love it, bro. I love it. It's been a, it's been a good week. You caught some good weather here. Um, I was in the East Coast earlier this week, and um, I mean earlier last week, and it, it was it was kind of similar to San Diego weather, but uh, it's kind of hard to beat San Diego weather. I'm going to hey, keep it real with you. Hey, if, if you was in the East and you had San Diego weather, you went out a good time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so just so I can give people a quick, quick lowdown on how, how this connection came to be, mm-hmm. uh, Brian Pistols is creator of Entering Shaolin, which is a jam in the East Coast. And uh, me, you know, I, I had Break NG, and um, I'm doing a four jam series this summer called Coast to Coast. And the premise is basically, uh, it, they're all 1v1 jams, but whoever qualifies with the most points at the end of it all qualifies for a top 16 spot at Brian's jam. And I hit him up on some like, hey, like, I have this idea. All I need is like your approval, and, and I just need you to like secure a top 16 spot for my MVP down here. And he was super cool about it. Like, I don't know. I didn't know what to expect. I'm going to keep it real with you. I did not know what to expect. How did you find me? Like, real question. I no. How you found this me. is a great story. Because I, I hosted Bowsy Because I brought him out for an exhibition. Mm-hmm. And I hosted him. And at first, the idea was kind of wild in my head. I was like, I don't know if anybody would support this idea. So I ran it by him. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, that's really tight. And he was like, do you know what jam in the East Coast you want to have a qualifier for? Oh, so like, you knew you wanted to be East Coast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to give people a chance from out here to just travel and go out there. And I'm like, I'll pay for your flight. Like, yeah. like do work. You know what I mean? But you got to earn it. And he was like, yo, that's a tight concept. But, like, do you know what jam? And he, like, he threw some jams out. And then he was like, oh, but entering Shaolin is a tight jam. I was like, yo, who hosts that jam? Yeah. It was like Brian Pistols. Like, that's the Dang, homie. Shout out to Bowser, the free show. Yeah. I, don't even think, I don't even think he's ever been to the event. But we always cross, we always cross paths, like... East Coast, West Coast, like that man, that man's on the move. Yo, that man is everywhere. Like one weekend he's in Philly, the next weekend he's back like in the, in the West Coast. He's moving on. He's just crazy. And uh, much love to him. Like it was a great experience having him, having him come out here. But yeah, that's how that happened. And he was like, yo, like you should hit him up. I was like, I have no clue. Like where, where would I start? And he was like, how did it happen? I think oh, no, he hit me up for yeah, my number. He, yeah. he hit you up and then he... Um, he was like, yo, like, I'm going to get you guys in contact to make this happen. And then he did. And then I also knew, I knew of your jam through Jordan, season 97. Yeah, he came, he came, I think, to the second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a good time there, and he told me about it. And he was like, yo, like, it, it was a great community out there, and, like, I had a good time. Like, that's a dope jam. So I, like, I further messaged him for, like, just to make sure I got that approval. Like, like this is the one. This is the one you were talking about. He was like, yeah. And I was like, all right, let's make this happen. Damn, that's dope, man. Dude, word travels. If you throw in a dope jam, like, word travels. I hope that's kind of the approach I take. It's like, I don't care to, um, like, try to be the loudest jam out there in terms of the crazy promotions and ads and let's add mad friends so they can see it more. It's just like, this is just my honest work and I believe in what I do and in time it'll grow organically and this, right. this is just the, this is just, I guess, the, the beginning harvest of that work which is crazy because some people like can throw jams on on their side of the the u.s and it'll never travel 
So to have people like go to your jam from outside of your area and to bring that word back, like that's crazy. And that, that speaks like volumes on the kind of work that you're putting in and Damn. the quality of everything I'm that you're putting it, out. Thank you. Those are some real nice words. Nah, dude, like like really, like it's cool to, to collaborate with the with an event that has that kind of caliber. And hopefully whoever wins this, whoever brings the MVP back after the end of the four jams, like they have a good time out there too. Yeah, they'll have a good time. They better bring the heat though. Ooh. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> Um, so let's let's hop into it. Let's hop into who you are as a person. So right off the bat, who is Brian Pistols, and uh, how do you describe what you do as an artist? Brian Pistols is a kid that just loves to break. I just love to break, um, and through my love of breaking, kind of found myself doing things involved with breaking that aren't actually breaking in mm. terms of. Um, like hosting events, right. organizing events, right. uh, judging here and there, performing, competing, you know, uh, taking the time to kind of, I guess, I wouldn't say teach, I guess it's more kind of of like a guidance counselor type of thing, right. you know what I mean? Right. Like yeah, I'm yeah. not really a teacher, it's more just like a guidance counselor with like some of the people back home that are getting into breaking and you know, it's uh, obviously I'll, there's a lot of knowledge out there, but you know, sometimes there's like too much of it and people don't know where to go find what they are looking for. Um, and kind of just, I guess, bridging that gap and, and bringing right. that, that cultural awareness of this, of breaking um, to make sure it, it keeps going the right way. Yeah, no, we were talking right before this podcast and uh, it really sounds like you're a catalyst for people to like really come into what breaking really is. And uh, we mentioned collegiate jams and like that process, and we'll get into that. But it's interesting to see your role has been like, like consultation for people and like bridging that gap between like what they understand and what they need to get to. Um, so that's really cool because there's not a lot of people that take that role in their scenes. Like maybe there's mentors, but there's not people that take that step to be like that community bridge gap closer i don't know yeah. that's a, that's a really unique role i don't think i took that step either <laughs> it just, they, they they just, just kind of came, came knocking on my door and i'm like all right oh shoot I'm, I'm, i'll give it a shot right when duty calls man step up to the plate you can't choose when it's time to hustle when the hustle comes you either take it or leave it that's true that's true um so before we get into everything else explain your name brian pistols where does that come from i've been meaning to ask you that question so here we are it's just a party name. <laughs> party. It's a party name. Yeah, I used to party a lot. Um, one of my mentors, Step Two, who by the way just won the Footwork Battle Supreme Beings anniversary this weekend. Shout out Step um, Two. He's he's one of he's one of like my dopest mentors, man. Um, and he threw a party at his place, and he was like, "Yo, it's a glasses theme party." Glasses. So, yeah, you gotta have glasses. Real glasses, fake glasses, don't matter. You want to be in that party, you got to wear glasses. That's tight. So me, my brother Tony T-Bags, and our homie Archie, um, you know, we're, we're, we're like the younger ones in the crew. So we were like, all right, let's go. Let's go find the dumbest glasses we can get. And I found these big gold glasses with these two guns on top. <laughs> and I was like, yo, this is it. This is, this, these, this is what I'm going to wear to the party. Um, so, like, we show up, knock on the door. You know, we were, we were already partying beforehand and such. So, yeah, and I was yeah. the last one in line. And, you know, it was like get, rashing on each other, making jokes, giving each other nicknames. And when they seen me walking through the door, they were like, oh, look at this guy. We got Brian Pistols. <laughs> and, like, everything just kind of stopped. Like, everyone just kind of got quiet and just looked and was like, yo, that's it. 
and that's it. That's yo, how I got the name. Yo, that's a storybook moment right there. Not a lot of people have like a good story for their name. Yeah, and it just, yo, it really was. It, it wasn't like a breaking party. It was just, it was just a party. That's tight, yo. And especially because like a lot of b boys have like breaking names, but that's a tight name right there, Brian Pistols. Like it, it just flows off the tongue. It ain't that's no gangster name. You know, people hear the Pistols, they think it's a gangster name or something. It's like nah, it's it's a party name. Hey. And I still got them glasses. Hey, now you gotta wear them, bro. Now you gotta, now you gotta bring them back one day. You gotta follow up on the story. Um, so you're a you're a community figure. You host jams. You're a consultator for a lot of people that host jams. You uh, you bring culture to your community, and you do that in the form of like throwing jams, uh, traveling, teaching. Um, you you do the works. You know what I mean. Uh, so how did that journey come to be? You just mentioned that like it came knocking on your door. Kind of talk about that process for a little bit. Um, I guess the first involvement I had was a, an event called Mass Styles, and there was a, there's a group at the local YMCA in my hometown called Kaya, and they're just high school students, and they were interested in dancing, not just breaking, you know, all different types of dancing, choreo, uh, you know, the, all the different dances involved under the all-style spectrum. Right. Um, so they hit me up, like, you were doing an event over here. I went, and I checked it out, and I was like, yo, this is cool that they took the initiative to kind of put that together. Um, but because they weren't so deeply involved in the scene, you know, they weren't aware of, like, the resources that they could utilize within our local scene. Right. Um, or even the fact that, you know, my hometown, Lynn, Massachusetts, has a very rich breaking history um, from spanning multiple generations. So for me to have that event in Lynn, a city that has such a rich breaking history, a city that like I'm very proud to be from, um, and to see it not kind of be the best that it could be, uh, I was like, all right, well, you know, let's change that. Yeah. And that, that was the first time I kind of felt, had that feeling of like, let's, let's change that. I, I've never had that feeling before of like, let's get involved. Um, it really was just cause like, yo, this is my hometown. You know, these, these are kids that kind of came up in the same, situations I came up in um, so then kind of just told them like hey if you guys want to do something next year if you plan on it I don't know if they did or not at that time um, you know I'm right around the corner yeah like hit me up we can we can really put something on that you know it's gonna benefit everybody um, and they did they hit me up again the next year around and I kind of that was the first time I got involved in the organizing process Ooh. in terms of like getting people from the rest of the scene involved in this little, I don't even want to say a little project because that event ended up being such a beautiful event. That's tight. Like, like I just remember standing there at that event when it was going down thinking to myself like, wow, this is going down in my hometown. Literally, like, my mom's house was not even two blocks away. It's crazy. Like, I, I walked there from my mom's house and it took me less than five minutes. It's tight, dude. Um, and then after that, just, uh, I was just supposed to organize it. Uh, I ended up hosting the event, but I ended up hosting it because I couldn't find a host. <laughs> so prior to that, I had no experience doing any of that. I wasn't even the type of guy to be talking a lot at jams. Um, but I had to, I had to pay the consequences of not finding a host, which I was responsible for. Right, right. So I bit the bullet, <laughs> and people were like, "Hey, you know what? We actually kind of like you on the mic." That's how it comes to be, though. It seems like a lot of your journey has been like, oh, shoot, like, I got to step up. And that translates right there, like, stepping up to the plate. And, yo, I mean, we talked about this before, too, right before the podcast. Like, hosting is kind of tight. Like, 
for me, like I host most of my events, I'm on the mic, but you are literally the master of ceremonies, as you mentioned before. If you're highlighting the dance that's on the floor, if you're making sure that the party stays up, like that's entirely bring no energy if you're not bringing like any sort of uh, ambiance, I guess, to your yeah. event. Like a good DJ goes a long way. Yeah. And and Lino from the Flow Lords, uh, he was the one that back. You know, I would, uh, I would always go and pick people's brains. Right. You know, like those that came before me, those are kind of within my generation, even the younger guys. Like, there's, you can always learn something from, and it's like, you know, you're always a student, and, and you got to get the most out of the opportunities. Man, you know, if, right. I, if, if, if I think I was at the airport with me, you know, I forget where we were flying to, and we ended up being on the phone, pick his brain this whole time. Yeah. <laughs> and it's cool, because, like, he, he has a big point right there, like, the DJ and the MC are half the event right there. Yeah. Like, people are still going to come out. They're still going to compete. They're still going to cipher. But the energy is created, the environment is created based on the music that's playing, based yeah. on how you carry the whole event. And uh, not, I mean, like, it's not like talking shit or anything, but, like, not a lot of people have that experience to great, like, to make great events like yeah. that. Um, so it's cool. It's cool that you, like, took that on at a very unexpected time. Yeah. And uh, so far, uh, how do you like that journey? How do you like hosting now? Do you think you're better at it than when you started? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It's uh, it's give and take. Uh, I think I was definitely much more excited and animated when it first started because it was all new to me. Right. Um, yeah. But now that it's been um, maybe three or four years, um, it it kind of just became like another thing that I'm doing. Right. I still get excited for it. I still have a good time. I still enjoy it. Yeah. Um, but it, it hits different because when I when I first started doing, it, I guess it was like I was I was fresh energy. Yeah. To to do it in that way, and now it's kind of like well, if I'm not hosting, people are asking me why I'm not hosting. Mm. And I'm like, come on, just let me chill, man. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like you don't always gotta be hosting. You know what I mean. Um, so as far as everything else goes, like in terms of, of your jams and everything, like you, you started off as helping people host their jams. How did you take that step to hosting your own jam? Well, if, if I was hosting another jam, that, it, that wasn't my vision. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, well, this is our organization or group or whatever, and we want you to host and this and that, but ultimately it's, it's their call. Like they have the final word on it all. And right. whether or not you agree with the way that they do things, it's like, well, like you're on their payroll. Right, you're there like to you play a role. to them. Yeah. You can, you can kind of work things around um, a bit, but ultimately they always have the final say. Not to say that they won't work with you because they've been very accommodating, everyone I've worked with in terms of that. But to also kind of let the scene know like where I stand on things, right? Of that's like, true. Yo, yeah, I, I, I'm hosting these types of events, um, but if I had it all just completely on my own, like this is my vision and these are my values and this is how I would do it, uh, and just showing that because I think that's super important. I think uh, overall, just the agenda behind it. That's true. Because a lot of the other events that I, I work with, they're, they're all collegiate events back home, um, so. They obviously have a whole different agenda and perspective uh, versus someone like me that's just like, yo, I, I just love breaking and I just I just want to like share this and I want to share this in a way that 
you know, people could maybe understand why I love this so much or, or why people love it so much. Uh, some people throw events for the competitors. Entering Shaolin, I throw that for the people that are in this for life. Like the people that maybe you're in your 20s now and you see somebody at the jam that used to dance and they're maybe in their 40s or 50s. Like, like the people that are in this for life. Like that's, this jam is catered towards that demographic. Yo, that's tight. That was, that was clean right there, yeah. No, because uh, like you mentioned it right there, like a lot of people throw jams for competitors. Like big cash prize, like high polished productions and everything. And there's, I feel like there's a space for every kind of jam in the community. Yeah, yeah. Like it's just like we need those. We need our raw events too. We need our yeah. cypher events, underground like nighttime party kind of events. And uh, we need we need a little bit of everything, but you're feeling that you're feeling that role that um, really brings back the authenticity of breaking. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's cool because like like we mentioned before, like word travels. Like when you throw events like that, when you really have a vision for it, and when you execute it the right way, people take that the other way. Yeah. All the way to the West Coast, and now you got people trying to come out to your event next year. They're looking forward wow, to I it. I still can't process that thought, man. Bro, that's crazy, right? Like. To me, that's 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 sign of like a good promoter, sign of a good person, sign of someone who's got like the right idea. When it's crazy because I've been called a promoter a few times this weekend, and I'm like, yo, that's I don't see myself as one. Like I, I literally just see myself as just, yo, I just break. Like, okay, I do all this other stuff, but it's like to me, it all started with break. First things first, like yo, I I break. Right. So like, yeah, yo, what do you do? Yo, I break. It's not like I'm a promoter. Oh, I'm a host. Oh, I'm a no, I. I break. You break, and then, and then that's a perfect segue, actually, because not only do you break, but you're you're a pretty high level competitor. And like we talked about this earlier, like you don't see yourself as that, but you appeared at a few Red Bull Cyphers. Uh, you put in work nationally. You won Cypher Cup not too long ago. Um, With so, the homies. Yeah, shout out to Del Fuego. Um, so that that brings an interesting dynamic because. It's one thing to be a high-level b-boy and to keep that level up, to keep your training up, to keep repping everywhere. But it's also another thing to be like quality promoter and to keep your rep at a good level there. So how do you balance that and, and where do you focus your energy throughout the year? I, I think those things correlate. Ooh. I think I know how to, the, I guess, success or whatever word it is on the street about the event entering Shaolin that I do comes from having that experience being at all these different events uh at various places and experiencing you know different events and such and and knowing like well i really like that at that event and well i really didn't like this so when it came time to crafting your own event it was like well that's something i definitely don't want to happen at mine right and and that type of feeling that type of vibe like yeah we definitely want that and like really crafting I, I treat it just like my own breaking, you know what I mean? You can you can build up on certain parts of your breaking. Maybe you might be like, well, my footwork is lacking. Let me build up on my footwork. Right. And when it comes to an event, being like, well, the ciphers lately around here have been lacking, so let's build up on whatever we need to to, to create a space where cipher shit is just going to organically pop off. Mm. Um, it, it's... The way the event is run is definitely like, okay, there's a competition, yeah, this is it, boom, whatever, and leave it at that. And the rest of the focus kind of comes towards fostering an environment where people can really just, that love to break just like me, just really get down and get loose and get free, enjoy, bug out. Yeah. Um, and 
it, it, it is tough to balance the two um, because you can only have one main priority. That's you true. only have so much energy in a day. <laughs> you only have so much time in a day. What you choose um, to do with it, that's, it, that's what it comes down to. It kind of comes with like what what's immediately coming up. You know what I mean? Right. I, might, I might have um, I might have something planned out four months in advance of like okay, well right now I'm focused on competing because this is coming up next month, and then after that, like my main focus is going to shift towards organizing this event, right. which is coming up around there, um, and, and and doing it that way. But at the same time, like you're still doing both no matter what. Like I'm always breaking whether I'm training for something or or just doing it therapeutically or whatever. Like I'm always breaking right um so i guess it kind of depends on how how intensively you're training because you know like if you're if you're just breaking just to break like that's cool that's dope but if you're training to battle you're, you're practicing different that's a different beast right there yeah and then at the same time um i'm learning it now just to balance it out because just like your body needs a day to recover yeah. like Man, the organizing and, and all that stuff, that's that's a big mental. It is. A big it mental is. stress, so like your mind needs time to recover too. A lot of people don't understand that side of things because you're juggling so many different balls when you're like being an organizer. You're, you're focusing on making sure that everything comes together for this one product. You do need that breather. Yeah. And, um, and burnout is a real thing. And burnout happens like... You ain't got to tell me, man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's exactly where I was going. Like burnout happens... Like sometimes at the least desired moments, sometimes it happens because you, you just did too much, too yeah. little, and uh, and that's something that I've dealt with in my own way. But talk about how burnout works for you because you you do a lot, you you're breaking, you're performing, you're doing events. Like I, I actually, imagine burnout must be a real thing. I actually just had like the super craziest burnout, <laughs> like like not even a month ago. Yeah. And I pretty much took the whole month of May off just to like nah I like I literally can't like my mind is depleted my body is depleted coming off of just like really grinding out right. on this like going through I think in the past um I think I looked back at it in the calendar and it was like 10 months of like crazy intensive training because like I did the Red Bull in Boston, which was in September. That's less than a year ago. Oh yeah. And then there was a there was a, a jam before that that I used as like a, a training. A, yeah, training for yeah. that. Um, and then right after that, got into like the Celtic season, performing with them. And then in the time span in between, there might have been four events that I organized and hosted and put together. Um, Nonstop. In between all that was like you know like you said cypher cup and yeah. such and, and and other jams just going to compete um so it's like you're really giving your body and your mind to this thing like so non-stop so intensively and then i was actually supposed to do uh the red bull philly cypher in may yeah it just happened too. I, I didn't go <laughs> i was burnt out like i i i did I, I accepted it and in my in my head i was like yo like i'm really gonna go in all this like it, it was it was very honest and then you know i was taking all the all the work i could get um you know just real ambitious about it and trying to push it um because like like i said before you can't choose when you hustle right when the hustle comes you either take it or you leave it but at the same time if you're operating on that um you don't really get to choose if and when you burn out. Right, that's true. So when, when that shit hit, 
I was just like, man, like literally the whole month of May, I was, I just been chilling. Like, yeah, I'm still breaking, whatever, but like the having all you know the the, the crazy list of things you got to get done and all that, all the running back and forth, like. It, like it, it felt like ten months of no mental break, no physical break. Interesting. It, it's crazy because like, like you said, like when the hustle comes, you choose to take it or leave it. And I think for me, like I'll speak for myself, like I always choose mostly to take it, just because like I like staying busy. I like being able to have that experience of just like continuously doing something, feeling like I'm building. But I, I consistently fall into this place where I'm like, damn, I don't, I don't take enough time to just chill, and like. Hearing you say, like, you took most of the month of May off, like, that's, to me, that's, like, some sort of advice. All of the month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I still feel like I'm taking my time off here in San Diego. I'm enjoying it. It's quiet. The weather's dope. You it's know what laid I mean? back, man. It's, it's easy to fall into oh, it. Oh, trust me. I, I needed this. Yo, I, that's tight. I'm glad you're enjoying it, man, because, like, it seems like you've been working hard. Yeah. So it, it's good to see, like, you're just enjoying yourself, taking that time. But also to remember, like, this is breaking that we're talking about. Yeah. We don't have an off season. Not at all. There's always like, something going on. Think about other competitive sports or competitive arts, whatever. Like this, usually a season. Yeah, yeah. We don't have a season. So if if you need that rest time, like you have to give yourself a season. Or or you just got to, you know, prioritize your rest in between all those different endeavors that you're doing. Yeah. Um, it gets tough. Shit, yeah. It gets tough. But, but people do it. You know, people balance. And um, you're a testament to that. But now that you're here in San Diego and that you've, I mean, you, you went to Culture 4 this weekend. You experienced that. Um, you were here on the West Coast for Cypher Cup. Like, you've seen both coasts in terms of breaking. And I feel like this is something I don't get to talk about with a lot of people because I don't know too many people from the East Coast. But what are the main differences that you see in breaking between at the, West, the West Coast and the East Coast? I don't even think there is a difference much anymore. I mean, the game is very, uh, um, hmm. Like, like in, in economics and everything, they talk about globalization, right? Yeah. And like that same concept applies to breaking. Interesting. You know, like you hear a lot of people say like a lot of people look alike and this and that. And it's yeah, true. That's true. And especially with like the rise of um UDEF involvement oh yeah um you know where it's like you will go to an event and it'll, it'll be at a different venue you'll be at a different city you know the judge's line might be different or whatever but for the most part it it runs off of the same template so that's true you know I've, I've gone to some jams on the east coast and some jams on the west coast where it felt like the same event interesting um but not to say that that's a bad thing I think that's something that's needed because it's it's Letting, um, I guess, outside investors um, that may be interested in investing into breaking in our culture, letting them know that, you know, there is a bit of a standardized uh, approach to breaking because no one's going to put money up unless that is, uh, you know, you, you can kind of solidify some sort of They're looking for consistency. return on investment, consistency, yeah. standardization and such. So from a business perspective, it's like that's very much needed. Yeah. But on the opposite side of that, from a cultural perspective, it's like, all right, well, we can't let that be the one and only template. Right, that's like, true. We have to fulfill the other side of the spectrum. And those are the more grassroots events and such. Yeah, that, that's um, kind of why breaking is special. Because yeah. like, there is, you know, I think at least now, because for a while there wasn't this UDEF, this pro breaking tour, this like these big silverback events. But um, there was 
there's definitely that sort of like come up for those events, but we still have these these grassroots events that right. you can't just show love to one and not come out to the other. Like you need yeah. to pay not just respect, but you need to like give back to where your community's from. Because yeah. essentially, like these big events, they're not necessarily community events. They're aimed for like competitors that are willing to fly out, willing to like put up put up their flight money, come out, try to get this dub, you know, try to win this freestyle session spot, try to get this big cash prize. But sometimes, sometimes we need to remember, like, the true grassroots events or when you, like, you see your homies, yeah. when you come through and you cipher. Um, and there, there's time and space for both. That's true. That's true. You know, like, it doesn't have to be one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, at least for, like, from what I've heard a lot is, like, at the very least back in the day, people were like, oh, yeah, like, West Coast breaking was so different from East Coast breaking. Nowadays, I'm glad that you said, like, I don't really see a difference because I, I don't either. But I, I've never been, like, to yeah. this coast to break necessarily. So I, I wanted to ask someone that's been to both. Um, so now that we're, we're here on this, like, globalization of breaking tip, the, the hot topic at the very least this year was breaking the Olympics. <laughs> and everyone's got a take on it. Everyone's got a take. So I'm trying to get yours. What do you um, think about it? I'm for it. You're for it? Yeah, but I don't believe it's going to be like an end-all say-all I think the Olympics would just end up being um the pinnacle of breaking commercial wise interesting yeah you know like it's not like oh that's gonna be the only competition ever for Britain no like everything else is gonna continue to exist as we already are right that's it's true. just gonna be another variable thrown in there for a particular 16 individuals from around the world you know yeah. and Whatever opportunities that opens up for for other breakers, and and just um, even work opportunities. Yeah, that's true. In terms of um, you, like we don't even know what type of doors those are going to open up. That's true. You know what I mean? Like like okay, now now somebody's a breaking coach. Now someone's a breaking nutritionist. Now right. someone's a you know what I mean? Like who yeah. knows? Like th these are doors. Maybe maybe those doors are already open. And, but now you know with something like the Olympics, it's gonna it's going to open up so many more doors for so many more people. Right. Like, wow, check me out. I'm going to the Olympics, and I got a team of 10 people dedicated to just my own well-being Right. Um, on that level. And, and that's just for the person com competing and such. Like, who knows what it's going to do for breaking classes in studios and such. Right. Um, or, you know, maybe parents are more interested in getting their kids into breaking because there is the prospect of going to the Olympics That's versus true. before it's like oh yeah you just want to be like an underground champion right. you know right. what I mean right um, yeah but like I said I, I don't think it's going to change anything really in terms of uh, the culture and such obviously there's always going to be good and bad to it I mean there's going to be people that hold the Olympics to be the absolute pinnacle and it's like yeah it'll be the pinnacle commercially right but that is exactly that, the pinnacle commercially. Right, and then the Olympics only comes once every four years. Yeah. So between those four years, like even though there'll be people training for it, like there's other things like freestyle session, there's other things like, I mean, now you got your silverbacks, you got your, uh, what is that one called? The uh, Undisputed. Yeah. You got all those big events that will still be there. Yeah. But like you said, like commercially speaking, the Olympics is how you... Commercially to the common person. Right, to the common... Because... The to, most digestible form of breaking. Because to me, breaking... Uh, the Olympics and breaking will never be something that breakers could fully, like, 
fully and honestly get behind. Like right. breakers, we could honestly get behind like a freestyle session. Yeah. Because that comes from our own community. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the Olympics does not come from our community. No. You know, it's a it's a it's an invited guest. Yeah. So then it's like, all right, cool, like we're not gonna hold that to the same caliber or value it in that same way. At least in my opinion, we shouldn't. Right. Like we we should honor freestyle session way more. That comes from us. That's true. Like breaking made freestyle session. We didn't make the Olympics. That's true. Um, just just my perspective on it. No, I also think we're gonna get into a day and age where there's gonna be breaking fans, just like people that like to watch breaking that don't break. Right. That's true. You know, you got your uh, you got your Tom Brady fans. Yeah. You might have your Brian Pistols fans not too long from now. Man, that's weird. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> that's crazy, huh? But like, I think in a in a way, I I guess coming from me because I'm, I'm more new gen because I, I came up like early, uh, no, starting of 2010. So to me, I was in that YouTube era. Like I came up consuming a lot of like media. So to me, I feel like this is gonna be a more of a door opener than like like a something that brings people down because. Like you mentioned it, like there might be breaking nutritionists. There might be like b-boys right now that have their that have their hustles, that now will be able to reach like a global level. Yeah. And I feel like that's important because, because yeah, like we gotta honor our b-boys, we gotta honor our vendors, or, or DJs, or, or judges. But um, like we gotta provide opportunity for those in our community. And if people are trying to reach that sort of level, and the Olympics provides that opportunity for them, like I'm all for it, dude. Like I, I don't I don't understand the negativity behind the Olympics. Like, you're right, there, there's a time and place for everything. Like, freestyle session can exist, but the Olympics can exist. It comes every so often. I mean, I, I understand the backlash from a cultural perspective. Hmm. Because, like I said, this would be... The Olympics is strictly on the commercial spectrum. Right. There is no cultural component to it. Right, and they even... Uh, they, they're going to do that thing where they play, like, super generic music. Like, like just beats. Yeah, so it's like, alright, so... Commercially, all right, cool. Then the, obviously, the, the big end goal is for that uh, commercial appeal to then come back to those that are actually part of the culture. Right. In yeah. terms of maybe you are now able to book more shows mm. or maybe raise your rates. Or you got more students in the classes that you teach um, through that. Like, e- even when a dance movie comes out, you know, like there's there's a spike in dance interest. That's true. So That's very true. Let's let's see what happens when it is with the Olympics. And then that'll come in twenty twenty four. We'll see. There's a lot of speculation now, but there's always good that comes with there's there's always good and bad to come. You know. What I mean? That's so, true. Um, so we we talked about how the highest point of breaking commercially could be the Olympics. Um, but now let, let's talk about your highs and lows as an artist, as an individual. Um, you know, before we talk about the highs, I think it's always important to address the lows. Like, as an artist, what would you say your lowest point would be? And, and what was that like? Uh, I mean, as of recently, just the burnout I just had. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know, like, you just give so much to it. And then, like, you, you have to fall back and, and really... Uh, Really give yourself, really give yourself time to like just recalibrate, um, and also just there's a lot of bullshit that goes on. Right. Uh, a lot of things that are out of your control. Because um, I mean, at the end of the day, we're just 
we're just playing the best hand that we could play. That's you know true. What I mean? It's not like we have the most ideal hand that we're playing. <laughs> like we're just playing it the best that we can. There's always some random thing that happens that you gotta adjust to. Everyone's got their challenges. And a lot of the times people think that, you know, you orchestrated everything to happen in that way. And you're like, nah, I didn't. I'm just rolling with the punches of things. You know? Right, yeah. Um, so th there can be a lot of backlash um, that's very illogical. Interesting. Illogical from, I guess, my perspective because I work the ins and outs of it. And, right. And, and obviously it comes from people in the scene, which kind of hurts. Right, no. Because you're doing this for them. Right, yeah. People always got something to say. Everyone's always got something to say. But... You know, that's um, that's what makes the difference of being like, all right, I know there's going to be some bullshit that comes my way that I really have no control over. Um, if 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 I'm going to be the black sheep of it, fuck it. <laughs> like, I know, yeah, like, I, I, I know my intention um, doing what I'm doing and I know what my big mission is and. Not to say that everything's always going to be a hit. Right. I right. think that's the biggest nightmare of like a if you're putting together an event, just like, hey man, just this this year just didn't pop off. Right, and it, and it happens. Like, not everyone's always going to have like the best events, um, and to hear that like even even like people from your own community like are spreading negativity. You know what I mean? And it, it, like I said, everyone's always got something to say, and it's important to just roll with the punches keep pushing because um when people hold you down like that like it, you choose what you want to do with that kind of energy and um it seems like you've just been pushing through and like making sure that everything stays on track I, I, but I, I treat it like I, I treat my breaking you know what i mean like sometimes you guys take a step back and like right look at maybe watch some old footage of yourself from the past recent six months or something and be like all right like all right, cool. So I, you know, I leveled up in this part, but mm, let's try to fix this. You know what I mean? Right. Or, or let, let's try to, you know, to tailor your breaking and to, to, to level up from it. Right. And it's like being on this side of things where we're doing a lot of behind the scenes work. It's like to kind of do that too. Um, like take a step back, take look at it all and be like, all right, how, obviously I don't want to hit this burnout point again. Right. That's so, true. but to take a step back, like, well, well what am I going to do different now? Because, shit, those, those places that hit me up to, to do that type of work, um, like, well, they'll probably hit me again. Right. <laughs> so it's like that work is going to come back. Right. So, but, like, I'm not going to just go through it the same way I've been doing it before. It's like because I, I, the plan is to not hit this burnout again. Right, you build from it, you know, you, you learn your lesson, fortunately. Yeah, um, so but now, I'm grateful for it. Right, no. I'm so grateful for this burnout. It puts so much things into perspective and, you know, like, uh, I've always kind of prided myself on my ambition. And, That's good. But ambition is a double-edged sword and oh, I got hit on the other side. Yeah, you know I mean? I'll be the one to tell you. I, I agree with you on that. Um, and, and it, like I said, like, it's how you come back, you know. They always say, like, you, it's, it's not how you take the hit, it's how you come back from it. So now that we talked about the lowest point, what would you consider to be the highest point in your breaking career? You said you've been breaking like 18 years. You must have had like... I mean, there's a lot of high points, man. All right. Like, list some notable ones. Like, man. I, I, like, I, I still think it's cool when I go somewhere and somebody knows who I am. That's, that's crazy, huh? I'm just like, 
like, oh shoot. Um, I think I, I was in Salt Lake City and somebody called me out. And like, I was excited because I was like, word, like people don't know who I am here. Right. Um, and then I went to go do a signature and like the guy did it with me and I was like, oh fuck, he does know who I am. <laughs> um, but I, I've never been one that like cared for that. Like I liked being the, the like, oh, people don't know who I am, but like, oh, I'll, I'll have them find out. Right. Like yeah. I, I've always like, I, I like that part of it. Um, so, but you know, it, it, it's just a, a nice thing to, to have that feeling of like, oh shit, like, you know, people kind of already knew who I was because I'm not out there trying to promote myself the most or whatever. It's just right. like, if, if you know, then so you know. maybe we cross paths or, or like, it, it's all very organic. Yeah. And like, um, that's from like a breaking perspective, like battling and such. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of things, the first entering Shaolin I did, um, and because the way it works, like, there's there's an equal amount of time that we have dedicated to the ciphers mm -hmm. as we do towards the competition. That's good. It's, good like, it's like it's literally half and half. Yeah. Um, and we uh, it's organized that way. Um, but one of the younger guys in the scene went up to me after the first one, and was like, "Yo, I've never had so much fun ciphering." Ew, he was like, shit. "Normally, like all the fun I have is competing, and this was, I have more fun ciphering at this event than I did." at any event I've ever gone to where I was just like focused on competing and such because you know he's a newer guy in the scene so yeah. it's like that's just what he has available to him and right, that, right. that was like a huge thing to me because that was like my big goal to just bring what, what, that was, was to like nah let's let, let's put a more of an emphasis on ciphers we have enough events where the emphasis is on competition that's true so that's to have somebody true. younger in the scene kind of like express that to me I was like dang that was I still think about it like that's like the dopest thing right and that's happened for me in that way that's what you aim for so like that was like goal accomplished you know in that moment um it's also like super crazy that you just like casually mentioned like oh i performed for the celtics like that's kind of a big deal no that's cool it's a good opportunity you know what i mean it, it, it's fun but um at the same time it's you know it's work right that's true that's true at the end of the day it's what it is but Damn, that must be a really nice, like, polished credit on your resume, huh? I mean, I don't even think of it in that way. Yeah, sure, you know what I mean? But it's, uh, it's just, like I said, I, I just love to break. That's tight. I just love to break, and, you know, all the different avenues that breaking has taken me in, and just kind of embracing it, and, you know, doing it while I can. Like, who knows how long you have left to compete at a particular level? That's or, you know, who true. knows how long you have to perform at a particular caliber um i could be old hosting yeah that's organizing. true that's true you so, don't have to have an age limit for hosting yeah so it's like all right let's let's get these things now while my body is still good for it it's like just you just max out on it that's that's good advice for anybody like that's just trying to pursue breaking because like like yeah what we do like hosting events that's that can be done at any point in time like you could leave the scene for five years come back return you might not be able to compete at the same level but you'll still be able to like host events still be able to drive that community aspect of things well actually i don't know i don't know if you could leave for five years and come back and host an event i mean you, i mean yeah you could you could like, grab a mic and you could right. host it but <laughs> you, you might know, lose touch are the people gonna have that respect for you where they they you know um like they they 
do they fuck with you the same way? Right. You know what I'm do saying? They... Like, because it, it does make a difference. It makes a difference if you're up there and the people, like, you have power of the people. The people can rally behind you. Yeah. And they're like, yo, like, we, we stand behind him and his vision and what he does. Like, that's going to be a much different crowd then, well, this guy hosts an event, and the people are kind of like, yeah, who, who is this guy? Or, like, uh, we, we don't really know if this guy is about what we're about. You know what I mean? So, like, I don't know. I don't know if you can disappear for five years and come back. I guess that depends on who you are. Yeah, what you've done, how, how, uh, how hard the rep has been in order to, like, bring people still around after five years. Um, I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that, to be honest. Yeah. yeah, but, I mean, just for the sake of the example, like, technically, you could come back and just, like, take out a mic and start hosting yeah. a jam and technically my nephew could host a jam right, right. that's true um so you, you're you're someone that's like hella just about your break and about your grind what is your end goal for breaking like where do you see yourself at the very end of the journey like like what does that what does that look like for you paint that picture i mean the end of my breaking journey is when i'm dead <laughs> truthfully straight yeah. up like yeah i'm gonna be 50 breaking like as long as i like my big goal is to be able to just keep breaking my whole life not necessarily like leveling up and competing and this and that right more so like it's therapeutic for me like like I, this this is freedom so um just to keep growing with it not to stay stuck no stagnation um, you know happens. always always be able to enjoy and like be free in the dance those are like the big goals and, and even just just being grateful that 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 I can break right yeah you know what I mean like like yeah, I have a healthy body you know and 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 I've got space and there's maybe I got some fresh music like just break just just to to love it there's no end goal in terms of like I want to win this or I want to do this like um if that is your end goal that's cool there's nothing wrong with that yeah. but for me personally it's just I just want to keep leveling up in whatever ways there is to do it and obviously there's going to be like there's different levels to levels right you know what i'm saying yeah. as we're younger leveling i might be like okay well i got you know i've leveled up in my my footwork right proficiency or or you know whatever ability i have with with power combos like leveling up in that way but then there's leveling up in terms of like um really just being present in the moment and vibing with the music and just letting go there's and a certain really, level of maturity that comes with that. Yeah. yeah, and then even leveling up in terms of a way of, uh, you know, just your approach to the dance. And and uh, I, I'm sure there's many more levels to it that I've yet to even come across. That's, and I'll, I'll come across later on down the road. Yeah. But I think that's why it's important to build with people from the generations before you and that have come after you. Yeah, no, you nailed it right on the head. Like, there's so many different ways to level up. Um, is there anything you want to accomplish before, before it all ends? Like, I guess not so much from like a like a winning jams perspective, but like you as a personal goal. Like, is there anything you want to accomplish that you haven't done yet? Um, well, I, I guess um, like we, we can see breaking. We can be like, well, that person did footwork. That person did power. That person did a freeze, whatever. And like that's like a literacy level, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and I guess the big goal would be to to raise the literacy level mm. you know what i'm saying where it's like well that person is literate they can read but trying to level that up level that up too like like i said different levels to levels right <laughs> uh, and level like increase that literacy level where it's not it's, it's it's not even like well 
collectively the scene is literate. It's like, right. all right, well, collectively the scene is sophisticated. Yo, you know what I mean? Yo, that's some shit. Yeah. In terms of seeing it in that way, because like I said, this is culture. That's true. And we're both first generation born Americans. Yep. So we understand that culture doesn't automatically get passed down. Exactly. People pass down culture. Now, from an Asian perspective, from what I grew up in, we understand like, all right, well, these parts of the culture, like, all right, we really fuck with that still. This is like yeah. a timeless part of the culture. We're gonna pass that forward. And there might be other parts of the culture that we're like. Well, dang, that's really racist. That's right. really sexist, and, yep. and we don't fuck with that. We're gonna we're gonna leave that part of the culture behind. Yeah, um, and we're gonna maybe add new things into the mix to so those that are carrying the culture forward, um, it's just like more sustainable. It, it, it's healthy. It, it's gonna it's gonna be built to last. You know what I mean? Instead of being self destructive. Right. Um, and kind of. Just seeing how things are and, and adapting to it as needed to, to fit that. Yeah, because like you said, like picking parts of the culture and passing it on, like seeing what the good is, bringing it forward. Because the new generation, that's what they're going to see. Yeah. Like, it was funny because we were talking on the way here and you mentioned like, nobody from the new gen is going to be looking at Beat Street. You know what I mean? Like, but that, that also has to do with the jams that they're going to attend. Yeah. Like, like, truthfully, very few people look back and do the research. Like, Look at the, the old freestyle sessions, freestyle yeah. session three, like stuff like if that. If you love it, you'll do the homework. Right, exactly. But how do you introduce someone to that? What do you bring to them? And that's the good parts of the culture. Like you don't you don't necessarily like I feel like there's there's bits and pieces that you want to pass on, but you gotta preserve it in such a way where the the new generation is seeing things the right way. Where yeah. they're not just seeing their silverbacks, they're not just seeing their undisputed, but they're they're seeing they're entering Shaolin. Or not even not even to say to see it the right way, because saying it like that is like saying like, well, I do it the right way. Right, right. It's like, well, this is just my interpretation of it. Like you just get to see different parts of the spectrum. You can see something that's real grassroots, that's more um, focused on the cultural parts of things. You right. can see things that are very high commercial production um, events that you know, might be more uh, business oriented. And then you have kind of like your hybrid events that are both um, cultural and competition right. catered. And and there's a lot of different spaces in between. Um, there is no like, it has to be like this. Like nothing in life is that way. Nothing, it's, it's not black and white. Everything is super and subjective. We understand that just in regular everyday life. Yeah. And it's like, yo, that shit applies to breaking. Like it's so true. Like it does. So to just see it in that way. So if uh, that's why, like we were talking about the Olympics. Like all right, cool. That's just that's just one radical side of the spectrum. Yeah, one aspect to it. Yeah. Like you have something like cipher addicts. That's the exact opposite side of the spectrum, <laughs> and Very everything true. in between. Yeah. So it's like all right, like where do you stand in between? And just kind of operate on that. That was a that was like a really tight like that's a moment right there. That's gonna. That's going to be a five. That's going to stick with me. Where do you stand in between? Yeah, no, that was tight. Damn. Um, so, all right, we're, we're reaching that, that closing point of the podcast. And um, at the end of every podcast, I ask everybody the same question. Um, but for you, it's going to be, if you could give one piece of advice to someone looking to step up to be a leader for their community, someone looking to make a difference, or someone looking to execute their vision, but they're just not at that point yet, what would your piece of advice be? Uh, you just gotta be honest you gotta be honest with yourself why do you wanna do that 
Mm. Like, why? For real. And it's like, oh, I want to do it to, to, to look like this. You probably shouldn't do it. Right. Like, I want to do it to fulfill your ego or to, for social media or to kind of have some sort of a status. Like, yo, you probably shouldn't do it. Right. Like, you probably shouldn't because shit does hit the fan. And if you ain't honest about it and if you don't really love this shit, when shit hits the fan, you're going to crumble. You're going to turn back. But if you really love this shit and you're real honest about it, shit hits the fan, you just like, fuck it, man. We keep going. Yeah. That's Sorry for cursing so much. Nah, nah. That's, <laughs> that's just how I feel. That's the beauty of the podcast. I feel like people just come out and represent who they are. And I think you hella did that. And that's so true. Like, be honest about what you're doing, whether it's your breaking or whether it's, like, your event hosting, why you want to be a leader in the community. I think that's really tight. Because ain't nobody telling you thank you for shit. That's true. That's, yo, I think that's it. That's a good way to end on the podcast right there. Um, but before we hit out, do you have any plugs? Anything you want to plug on the podcast? I know you got, you're a busy man. You always got a lot going on. I mean, just at Brian Pistols. At Brian Pistols. On Hashtag Instagram. the flavor continues. Hey, wait, real quick, before we go, explain that. That's tight. That's a cool, like, phrase that I've seen you passing around a lot. So I've been using that phrase for a few years. Uh, just, um, uh... You know, like, I would host an event, and then, yeah, there was always something, like, if I was hosting an event or competing somewhere, whatever it was, like, there was always something that I had already on my mind afterwards. Like, oh, word, I just finished this event. Well, I already got something on my radar next. Yeah, you know so how it is. So it's like, yo, the flavor continues. Yeah. And um, I actually got that from Nipsey Hussle. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a big Nipsey Hussle fan, Rest and in peace, he, even in terms of, like, seeing the type of work he did in his community and how he's, he's Crenshaw, approached yeah. them, um, kind of um, come from a place that resembles, I guess, where he came from a bit, yeah. you know, um, and, you know, he's got the marathon continues, but I was like, well, should I break, so how, how do I make it my own? And you know, it's it's frankly we always talk about flavor, right? Yeah. The so flavor continues. so it's it was tight. just like, hey man, the flavor continues. Like like I said, I'm not done with breaking until I'm dead. So you always you're gonna, got something. You won't hear the flavor continues until I'm done. <laughs> and that's that that that's just like I've been using it since obviously before Nipsey passed, but right. now that he's passed, it's like man, it kind of more of a reason. It it, it, it kind of hits different now. You yeah. know what I mean? Oh yeah. That's the only time I'll be a biter. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that and even then you made it your own, man. That's that's good. I like that. I like the message behind that. Um, so we're gonna end on that good note right there. Uh, shout out to Brian Pistols for coming on, for dropping knowledge, dropping Thanks for wisdom. Me, um, shout out to everybody listening to the Breaking New Ground podcast. We got a lot of content coming this month, and uh, you heard it from the man himself. The flavor continues. All right, y'all. I'll catch you on the next one. Thank you for listening, and uh, stay tuned. Keep breaking new ground. Peace. Peace, peace.